Everything is inspired by the teachings of his divine grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder of Charter of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Om Maghyanati Maranda Salamiranya Salakya. Chatsarumiri Tanyana Tajmai Sri Gurveyana Maham. Sri Chaitanya Manobhistam Stapitamya Nabhutare Sayam Rupa Karamayam Pirati Swapanadikam. Our topic today is the higher taste. We have five senses smelling, hearing, speaking, touching, tasting. They're compared to five horses in the Bhagavad Gita, the Song of God. And those horses, they want to go wherever they want to go. They want to run wild. And the problem is if we allow them, they're going to take us over a cliff and we're going to meet with destruction. We define self-control as the ability to rein in our senses, our thoughts and our emotions, in order to achieve a long-term goal. Just like the charioteer uses the reins to constructively channel the energy of the horses. Similarly, a person on the spiritual progressive path avoids destruction by directing the senses constructively. And every day, we're faced with decisions as to whether we want to be ruled by the senses and live pretty much on the same level as the animals, or be disciplined so we can live a life of excellence. Discipline and self-control are not our enemies. Nowadays, they're tended to be viewed in a negative light. We think that discipline means what you can't do, what you can't eat, what you can't spend, where you can't go. However, these prohibitions are tools that Krishna, or God, uses to help us achieve our goals. If you want to, for instance, please a particular person and not displease them, you need to be aware of some activities which you're going to have to avoid and some activities which you're going to have to embrace. And it so happens that the activities which please our loving Father are those activities which are good for us. And those activities which displease Him are those which are not good for us physically, mentally, or spiritually. For instance, Krishna, God, is not happy when we harm ourselves and others through intoxication. He's not happy when we engage in promiscuous illicit sex. He's not happy when we eat meat and shed the blood of innocent animals. He's not happy when we get into that feverish, craziest mentality that accompanies gambling. Now, he is happy when we live a wholesome life of service to God and our fellow living beings. In an article in our society's magazine, Back to Godhead, Rupanuga Das wrote, quote, We must decide whether to choose God and love Him or not. And this is the choice of our life. Krishna gives us the power to concentrate upon Him. If we choose not to think of Him, our minds will continue out of control, lost in the impermanent flux of our desires. Unquote. Would you agree with me today? that too many people are out of control, out of control in their spending, in their eating, out of control in their attitudes, always negative and critical, always complaining, out of control in how they use their time, no boundaries, always allowing others to manipulate them. Too many people are out of control in their emotions. They're always going around upset, with a chip on their shoulder. And the root cause of all this is a lack of discipline. 
Now it's true, as soon as you try to exercise control, the flesh will protest. I can't take this, I'm gonna die. Let me have just one more hot fudge Sunday. Watch one more episode of my favorite late night TV show. Sit in my lazy boy with a big gulp and some chips. Many people, they just go with their feelings and never exercise self-control. The flesh will say, too difficult, too much trouble, too painful, and they'll tell themselves, I know I should read scripture, but I don't have the time. It's too hard to get up early in the morning. I'm too tired. I know I should be more frugal, but I got to have that new iPhone number 12. I know I shouldn't be hanging around these friends, but it'll be too painful to break it off. I've known them since high school. Let me have it my way. I don't want to be inconvenienced. I don't want to pay the price. I want to take the easy way out. Can I tell you, those areas in which you don't exercise control are those areas which are going to keep you from God's best for you. Our challenge today is to exercise discipline, even if it causes discomfort. Prophet, our spiritual master, said, these European and American boys and girls were born with silver spoons in their mouths. They were accustomed to a life of hedonism and sense gratification. But because Krishna, God, is present within everyone's heart, by a little practice, now they're getting up early in the morning, they're not gambling, they're not taking intoxicants, they're living chaste, meaningful, God-centered lives. He encouraged us by his example that we can, each and every one, get to the point in our devotional practice where we're more interested in pleasing God than we're interested in pleasing our senses. An example, you go to the gym, you use a new machine, you discover muscles that you didn't know you had. You will be a little sore for the next few days. Then the soreness will go away. And the soreness will leave behind strength that you didn't know that you have. And remember, it took time to get into bad habits. It will also take a little time and perhaps a little soreness, so to speak, before we develop new ones, better ones. Probably continues here. Self-control means that one should not accept anything which is detrimental to the path of spiritual progress. The senses are so strong that they're always anxious to have sense gratification. The most important and uncontrollable sense is the tongue. That's why we emphasize two things in the Krishna conscious movement. Recognizing that of all the five senses, the most difficult to control and the most voracious is the tongue. The tongue will eat anything and the tongue will say anything. The self-control starts with the tongue. So we only speak about God. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare. And we only eat vegetarian food which has been offered to God in the first place. If you can do those two simple things, is always have God-centered conversations, honor God, and always eat sacred, consecrated, cruelty-free food, then you're 60% of the way on your spiritual journey. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Now people who are not taking charge of their lives have one thing in common. They don't know how to tell the flesh, no! Discipline means get a grip, take charge. You be in control, not your senses, 
not your appetite, not your emotions. You stop being led around by your feelings and your senses. You have a plan and you stick to it. Not, oh Lord knows, I tried so many times and failed and gone back to my old self. No, God gave you the ability to take charge to do what's right. Now you have to exercise your free will like a muscle. And if you do, it will get stronger with use. Prabhupada says here in purport, Srimad Bhagavatam, self-control is achieved not by artificially stopping the senses, by engaging one's senses in the transcendental service of the Lord. The senses cannot be forcibly curbed, but they can be given proper engagement by experiencing a higher taste. Well, why did I put the picture of the snake in the basket? It's a story that tells us how futile it is to repress the senses. The snake charmer deemed that his snake was misbehaving and he thought he would teach him a lesson. So he cooked him up in his basket. He said, I'll just keep him cooped up here. I won't feed him, I'll give him everything. And then after some time, he'll become docile. He'll learn his lesson and do what I said. So he kept him in the basket, cooped up. One day went by. Another day went by. Third one day, another one by. He's probably docile now. He's probably passive enough now. He opened the lid and PONG! That snake was so kicked off. His poison, his virulence, his anger, his envy had just been building and building and building. My question to you is, what can repression accomplish? If you try to tamp down the senses, there's no point at which they'll roll over. They'll just come back twice, twice, four times as strong. Key to wean yourself from the lower taste is experience, the higher taste. The key to keeping your senses from getting out of trouble is to give them the higher engagement of God's conscience. And the Gita says that that which in the beginning can taste like poison, when we've lived a life of sense indulgence, it's hard to bring that to a halt. So it's like poison in the beginning, but with practice you can be successful, and in the end, it's like nectar. By the same token, the Gita says, that which in the beginning, sense indulgence and gratification, seems like nectar is poison at the end. We have free will given to us by God to act with any silly, capricious, whimsical, ill-considered way here and now in the heat of the moment. But here's a news flash. There'll always be a later on. There'll always be a reckoning. There'll always be consequences. Now is determining where you're going to be later on. And this is an opportunity for me to share with you a poem of my own composition called Karma. Karma is action and reaction is so the seed you face the deed. Whatever you do comes back to you. The law of cause and effect. Ensure the balance is perfect, detecting whatever you do, good and bad. It will resurrect. Death is not the end, it's just a bad. Whatever you've done circles back to you again. Our body may die, but the karma standing by will be reborn to live and die, continue to suffer and cry. As aroma follows a flower, as heat pursues the fire, your karma attracts you as soon as you leave the funeral pyre. Karma decides how you will be reborn, whether you will be comely or scorned, higher, humiliated, straighter, deformed, healthy or ill, long or short-lived, animal or human, sheltered or adrift. Karma is what makes the world go round. It's cause and effect right down there on the ground for all those going up and down, over and around, bound by their deeds, drowned by their needs. 
What is our purpose on earth? Do we just die and continue to take birth? Is there any escape from the pain of coming back and being born again and again and again? Yes. We're not the flesh, we're not the mind. Eternal spirits designed in God's image divine, assigned to a service sublime, attracted by unselfish action, serving the Lord with dispassion, acting only for his satisfaction, devoted souls achieve extraction from karmic reaction. If you want to burn up your karma, practice the Dharma pleasing the Lord, fashioned by his hand, act according to his plan, and never, ever, ever, ever come back to this mortal world of where. Pain's going to be there, and we have a choice between two types of pain. We can experience the pain of discipline, or we can experience the pain of regret. Now, the pain of discipline, you get it over with right up front, and it weighs ounces. The pain of regret, it builds up and builds up things you didn't do, what you should have, could have, would have done. And 20 years from now, it's tons. It weighs tons of regret on your shoulders and despondency. So our suggestion is why not get stirred up now and get right on course today. Our message is the price we pay to be disciplined and exercise self-control is minute compared to the price of regretting a wasted life down the road. Trust me, the price of regret is too heavy a price to pay. Don't let the enemy, Maya, convince you that you can't change. Prabhupada says here in a purport in the second canto of the Bhagavatam, thus being fixed, one must render service to the super soul situated in one's heart because he is the almighty personality of Godhead, eternal and unlimited he is the ultimate goal of life, and by worshiping him, one can end the conditioned state of existence. No matter how long you've had a bad habit, can I tell you, the power within you is greater than that addiction, greater than that bad attitude, greater than that lazy spirit. And if we'll just tap into the almighty Lord within our heart, things are going to begin to change. The first thing to do is stop giving excuses. We know this message is right in our hearts, don't we? But how many of you are saying, well, now is not a convenient time? We used to do bake sales outside of Walmart and Kmart exits in the 90s to raise funds to build this temple. And I remember down in Palm Springs, because there's a big retirement community there, these senior citizens would exit Walmart, and it was like this battle was going on. Should I buy the cookies or not? And they would come up and share their dialogue with me. You know, I, I know I shouldn't, but they just look so good. And then they would finally cave in, buy the cookies, and this would be the excuse. I checked with my astrology chart this morning in the paper, and it said that the best day to start a diet is tomorrow. <laughs> That's one of the best excuses I've ever heard. But have you ever heard any of the, these other kinds of excuses? Well, I'm an Italian, and we're hot-headed. I'm a woman, and we're supposed to spend too much money. My whole family overeats. It must be in our genes. Our suggestion is that you need to be more disciplined in choosing your friends, in choosing your thought life, less negative, more disciplined in choosing your words, in choosing your finances and how you spend your time, because in any areas in which we're not disciplined, we're not going to grow. So don't let any area of undiscipline keep you from moving forward. Set goals and keep pressing on 
even when you don't feel like it. Krishna or God put potential on the inside, but we have to work with them, make the effort, pay the small price for excellence. For us to go higher, the flesh has to go lower. All the potential in the world won't help you without discipline. Now, the English word discipline comes from the Sanskrit word sishyam. Sishyam Sanskrit means disciple. Now, a disciple was one. Didn't matter if he was the son of a millionaire or the son of a king. He would be sent to voluntarily accept service as an intern under a great spiritual teacher and life coach. That student would agree to abide by whatever rules and regulations there were in the ashram of the guru. And that student would say without question, yes sir, no sir, whatever you say, I'll accept. Spiritual master is by definition one who is pure in character and who abides by the scriptural injunctions. No illicit sex in the ashram, no gambling in the ashram, no meeting in the ashram, no intoxication in the ashram. Disciples' life means that they study the guru's life, the saint's life, to see how he lives, how he walks, how he talks, how he eats, hoping that that's going to rub off on them. In the ashram of the spiritual master, the young students, called guru kulis, would perform menial tasks in order to learn life's most important lesson. You know what it is? Humility. Because it says wisdom is denied to the prideful. You want wisdom that only abides in those with humility. Even Krishna, the supreme personality of Godhead, when he walked the earth 5,000 years ago, he himself, to set an example, went to a guruko in South India at the ashram of Sandipani Muni. The supreme personality of Godhead, folks, used to go out into the forest to fetch wood. The principle was that if you serve a person of excellence, you're going to become like him. You also, by serving a person of excellence, you become a person of excellence yourself. Krishna says, if you want to learn the truth, just try to approach a spiritual master, inquire from him submissively, render service unto him. The self-realized soul can impart knowledge unto you because he has seen the truth. I heard a story about a very rich man. He called his gardener. He said, I don't care how much money it costs, but I want you to send me out the garden that's maintenance-free. So the gardener just started laughing and laughing. He could hardly even stand up. He was holding his side and rolling on the ground. And the rich man said, what? You want more money? There must be a price I can pay to have a maintenance-free garden. gardener told him that no such animal exists anywhere in the world. Any and every garden needs tending. You have to plant, hoe, weed, and then pick. You're in the hot sun, down in the dirt. There are thorns. Your back is aching. Well, it's no different in the garden of your life. When we see someone blessed, fulfilling their destiny, favored by God, we can tend to get a little jealous sometimes, isn't it? I wish I could enjoy those blessings. Well, I'm here to tell you the truth about those persons, which some of you might need to hear. What you are not able to see is that those persons exercised discipline in the past 
to get to where they are today. Those persons watered when they didn't feel like it, out in the hot sun. They pulled out weeds, so to speak, made sacrifices, put in time, effort, and energy. They paid the price, and now they're reaping the benefits. You just came in during the last half of the movie. Now, we're all the gardeners of our own lives. Krishna doesn't love those people more than you. If you'll exercise self-control, Krishna can do for you what he did for them. He'll do more than what you ask or could think. But we have to do our part by saying no to the wrong things and saying yes to the right things. Krishna, God, has a beautiful garden in store for us, but we have to tend it. Not just do what we feel, do what we think. No, we have to practice what we know is right, even if our flesh doesn't like it at first. Figure it out. Unless we're restrained, we're going to eat 10 bowls of ice cream. Unless we're restrained, we're going to end up telling somebody off and getting in a big fist fight, isn't it? If you're not restrained, you'll spend money you don't have. You spend your life in debt. The flesh is lazy. If it's not restrained, it'll convince you to lie in bed when you don't feel like going to work. You have to learn to not give way to the flesh, but try for the fruits of the Spirit, which are just the opposite. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. Goodness is a fruit of the Spirit. And Krishna encourages us in the Bhagavad Gita to fill ourselves up with His Spirit. Experience the higher taste and the lower taste will go away. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. Prabhupada says in a part to the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam, quote, a wretched and slave person is one who cannot control his senses, whereas one who is not attached to sense gratification is a real controller. We all know that when somebody's a slave, what does that mean? It means he's forced to do things he doesn't wish to do. He's forced. I've heard it said, especially in this day and age, everything is permissible, but not everything is profitable. In this Kali Yuga, winter season of the cosmos, you can get away with addictions. You can get away with a bad temper, a bad attitude, but we're not talking today about getting away with things. We're talking about rising to a level of excellence, living a life of victory. It's about seeing dreams come to pass. Let us challenge you today to start exercising self-control. There is not a more convenient time than now. You're being spoken to now. Krishna directed your footsteps here today. Now, it may be a little difficult, a little painful at first. What may seem like poison in the beginning is nectar at the end. But can I tell you, the pain of discipline is nothing compared to the pain of regret. You're the gardener of your own life. Krishna wants to take you to a higher level. Self-discipline is the dividing line between excellence and mediocrity. If you'll take charge, be disciplined in your thoughts, words, and emotions, Krishna or God will take you to places that you've never dreamed of in this life. And in the next life, he'll take you back to home, back to God. Any part of this message resonated with you? 
you're welcome to raise your hands along with me and say, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. 